Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Plus One to Intelligent podcast. My name is Noah. And I'm Sin. And today we're going to be going over a topic we like to call the sins of our fathers. It's a inherited payment, so to speak. Um, your father stole or did something that somebody else didn't like, but your father passed away before they could exact vengeance upon him. And so whoever he harmed is now chasing you down to take out their revenge on you in his stead or something similar to that. Usually it's villains that are carrying this out against a hero because it's difficult to justify. And so it usually has nefarious purposes. I think we can almost just jump right into it with an anime we recently watched, Attack on Titan. Yeah. So we have the Eldians, the race of people that have the power of the Titans, basically, and everybody else hates them because they can turn into violent monsters, and so, without giving too many spoilers, basically, the whole show is around how do we deal with Eldia, and what they're capable of doing, and what they've done in the past, namely, start wars, and genocides, and enslave all the other races on the world, and given that that hasn't happened for over a hundred years, and the Eldians have been kind of conquered, you know, they're, they aren't really causing problems at the time of the show. It's more like kids of kids generation, almost, I think, that we're in by the time Attack on Titan takes place. And so it's becoming kind of iffy how to blame the uh, Eldians are for the actions that happened in the past. How much is it worth fighting over? Apparently a lot to a lot of people because that show is brutal. I mean, to an extent, the Eldians are still dangerous if they were to be activated. As they stand right now, they don't pose a major threat. Kind of secured on their own island for the most part, if not there, than in a slums district, which really oppresses them. And I think when we look at the history of oppressing groups that you believe are dangerous or don't like, that usually ends in revolt. Yeah, that's I mean, this is like straight up Nazi Germany stuff. Let's suppress the people we don't like. Nazis versus communism. Uh, political fallout ensues. And then we have blame it all on the Jews. Nowhere does that end well. So you said something interesting. The Eldians are like dangerous and so they have to be contained. I think all people in and of like in their own right are dangerous, right? Everybody has the ability to pick up a weapon and cause harm to somebody else. It's just how much of that danger are we willing to live with um, and how dangerous are we going to make ourselves in order to counteract that danger. Attack on Titan is interesting because the Eldians are actually in a place of weakness for most of the show. They're kind of quarantined to their own island and there's a small city that's kind of living in the medieval ages compared to the rest of the world there. And then everywhere else, like you mentioned, the Eldians have been enslaved and are living in slums and are actually being used as warriors for the countries that have enslaved them. And they're actually not causing any harm to anyone around them. And they've been convinced by their slave owners, basically, that they are paying for their father's sins. And they just are complacent because they kind of agree. And I understand trying to make up for something to a certain point. But when you live as less than a human to do that, I think it's definitely gone too far. Yeah, and they I think they were partially brainwashed into that position as well. Oh, yeah, like they... the, the way that they were fed information and made to feel guilty about themselves um, definitely contributed to kind of their living conditions. Like I think that there's a way to like, if you want to make things right, you should make, you should try to make things right. But 
the way that it was being done, um, they were being forced to make things right in a way. Yeah, and we actually still don't even know in the show how much of that history that they're being told they were the tyrants in is true or not. Some of it has to be stories and speculation, and we're going to bring some very large and overzealous claims against you as a race to try and control you, right? Like, history is written by the victor. While the Eldians may have committed some genocides or done some bad stuff in the past, obviously it has to be written to look like it was much worse so that you can psychologically manipulate the people in the present to stay under your control. So it's it's got to be overblown. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how much of the stories that they have been told turn out to be true. Because the revolutionists on the one side are saying that basically none of that's true and that they used to be like keepers of peace throughout the world. And then they were kind of overthrown and then abused by kingdoms and powers that wanted to control more of the world versus the people in the slums being told that they were tyrants going around killing and destroying everything and needed to be dealt with. And so the world collectively went to fight against them. But at this point in the show, they're also becoming obsolete as, as super weapons because this is around the World War One era and they're just starting to see aerial combat and really getting into a position where Titans will no longer be the most powerful weapon on the battlefield. Right. Titans' ability to build bridges and stamp out roads across the earth and stuff to like help the people definitely has been abused and turned into a weapon against other nations. But like you're saying, Titans are becoming obsolete as weapons of war. But that doesn't mean that they're not something that still needs to be dealt with. And so we still have all this contention and infighting going on over the Titans, including a mysterious plot to destroy the world, which is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because not only is there a plot to destroy the world, but just end the line of all Titans. That's true. um, To solve the problem of needing to be (laughs) oppressed in the first place. Like if you end the bloodline, then there will be no longer a race that can hold this very powerful position. And in a way, that's a genocide. But some of the people in that bloodline are also kind of like agreeing that that might be the best solution here for peace to continue. Yeah. Is it better to disarm the people that seem to have an unfair advantage? Or is it better to rely on arming everyone to be on equal footing? Because you're facing that conundrum right now in the show. There's enough armament in the world that other nations are beginning to be on equal footing with anybody who has titans abilities but they still want to destroy the titans and make sure that their power is completely unchecked military might doesn't necessarily mean that we'll stay on our own lands because we can't invade you and you can't invade us it's more like we need to make sure that you're completely destroyed because the only way we're safe is if nobody else is a threat which i think you see with some of the trading nations they don't have the weapons yet or the titan abilities and so they get by making loans and business deals and they're kind of just seen as like scum of the earth compared to the eldians or or their captors and things are not working out for them very well in the show at this point definitely not but it brings a question you know are the people who are descendants of titans who've been accused of terrible things Are they responsible? Should they suffer for the actions of Titans of the past? Or should they be allowed to basically start fresh and use their powers for good? Because a lot of these people, the only reason that they know this history is because it's been told to them. 
right? It's right. been forced upon them. If they didn't know this history, if they were given a different narrative where they have a unique ability and it's their duty to use that ability for good, would we see a different outcome, right? Like, do they need to be punished or can they, or can they just be an asset freed from the past of their ancestors? Right. Especially as the storyline is taking hundreds of years to come to fruition, right? Like we're seeing generations and new generations and there's like three or four generations that we're dealing with even in the show by itself. And that's not counting the entire history of the world behind them that they're all fighting over. But every child that has to become a soldier asks themselves, why am I fighting? And then they're like, oh, the Titans are evil and they get brainwashed. And you you see the innocence of the people who are not or who haven't gone to war yet compared to the people who have been like steeled by the war. And so now all they can do is fight for what they believe in and kill each other to make things right it's weird because we know that things if they were run as the children see them things would be a lot better right because people don't have to hurt each other and the titans can be used for good or i mean it does very much sound like an idealistic situation but oh yeah it's hella idealistic if 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 you were able to convince a large enough portion of the titans to work for good when a titan does strike out against that then the other Titans will be able to step in and take care of it, right? Like, yep. I think if you can create a healthy symbiotic relationship between you and a group of people who have a significant power advantage if they were to abuse it, I think that just based on friendship and understanding, for the most part, you'd be able to maintain a decent relationship there. Right. The existence of power in and of itself means that there's going to be a threat. And in our quest to end all threats, we must end all power. And that's kind of the problem with the show. We can work together and make the world a better place and use the Titans for what they were probably originally intentioned, which was to clear land, help humanity, or we can try and blow each other up with bombs for the rest of time. That It's just a mismanagement of the resources that have been given to everyone. Because even the people who don't have Titan abilities now have airplanes and large ships and bombs and all this technology that they can use to improve the world. So regardless of the power issues that we see and the other subplots going on there, do they deserve to be punished for the sins of their ancestors? I think no. I don't think so either. I think it's going to take a long time to figure out how to fix that. Probably a couple of generations because you do see an ideology that's deeply instilled in one generation, which is questioned by the next. And so it may take a couple generations for that to work itself out but i do think the natural inclination of the situation is to work itself out because you're wasting too much time and resources and lives thrown against this problem that doesn't really exist when the titans aren't stamping around and killing everybody and you're just there to make sure that doesn't happen if it's not happening you've won so figure out something better to do with your time absolutely so moving on to uh, another aspect of the sins of our fathers living in the fallout of the actions of our forefathers. The perfect example, I think, of this is Zeus in Greek mythology. Famous for having illicit relations with mortals all over on Earth and for covering his tracks in extremely abusive and tyrannical ways, yeah. um, usually to the women involved. The sons or daughters of Zeus tend to get off just a little bit better because at least they've got some blood of the gods in their veins and so they can kind of become like heroes 
but Hera Hera <laughs> does not like what Zeus is doing, and so she makes it everyone else's problem for sure. Some stories include these mothers getting turned into cows or other animals so that he can hide them from Hera's prying eyes, and so the child doesn't know where their mother is and has no family and then is claimed by Zeus at the last minute. And they're like, oh, so I have some purpose in this world, but if Zeus claims them, then Hera comes after them. It's it's basically, Zeus can do whatever he wants, because he's a god and nobody can mess with him. And everyone else just gets to live with the fallout that's created from Zeus doing whatever he wants. Everyone else suffers. Yeah. Some of that is generated from Hera, who's jealous. But some of that is definitely generated from the actions of heroes who are too strong for their own good. You know, work like staying among mortal men type of deal that's not often the case most of the time the stories want a hero and so they take this son of zeus and they try to make him a hero unfortunately to become a hero it usually involves some pretty dark circumstances happening to your life that drives you away from your regular everyday day job and so there's a lot of killings and monsters involved in creating these heroes which is what you signed up for if you're reading greek mythology to begin with but it's all zeus's fault and (laughs) that's kind of the uh underlying thread there hercules i think is the most famous of the sons of zeus or heracles if you really want to get technical about it but we're american here so we're just going to call him hercules hercules leads an almost normal life at first he gets married I believe. I think he has one or two kids, and then Hera finds him, and when she finds him, she clouds his judgment. He sees his family as snake-like monsters in his house, and he kills them with his own hands. To amend for his sins, he is given over to the command of a king, King Eurysithes, I believe it's called. Eurysithius? Eurysithius, possibly? And... He's given 12 impossible tasks, or labors as they're sometimes called. These include things like slaying the Mycenaean lion, cleaning out some stables, killing the hydra, fetching some golden apples from the world's edge. There are a bunch of tasks that no mortal could perform, and all of it is to atone for his sins, basically killing his family. Never mind the fact that his vision was, of course, clouded by Hera. Now, at the end of these tasks... Hercules is granted immortality and goes to live with the gods on Olympus. So fairly happy ending for him there. But there's pretty immense pain and trauma that happens up until then, including the death of his entire family. I believe his mom is killed at some point due to Hera, Hera's shenanigans. And so Hercules, despite being like this super famous hero, would probably count himself as extremely unlucky, according to our standards. <laughs> Pretty horrible situation. But yeah, a lot of a lot of Greek myths actually have some of this your father's sins impact your actions today because the gods hold grudges like nobody else. So there's always going to be something that's going on. Another really good example of the sins of our fathers being atoned for, which is actually quite interesting because it doesn't always end well is aragorn going and releasing the ghost army from their bonds basically the ghost army was originally a real army that was supposed to help one of aragorn's uh forefathers in an epic battle and they didn't show up and i believe 
king like lost that battle and died. I believe he died. But as he was dying and fighting for his life, he cursed the army that didn't show up to undeath for not coming to his aid as they had promised. And the only way to break their curse of undeath was to fulfill their duty in aiding a king of Gondor sometime in the future. So Aragorn comes along, he knows of these ghosts, warriors, cursed by his forefathers to basically eternal suffering and drifting in the wind because their souls cannot find rest as they've been cursed. And he uses that army to destroy the fleets of the Corsairs who are harassing Gondor out on the oceans and are a ally of Mordor. And because these fleets are destroyed and the harassers are taken care of, Gondor can use the seas freely, and I think Aragorn even steals some ships and uses them to move some men and stuff, but basically, because the Corsairs are destroyed by this ghost army, Gondor wins when Mordor marches up to their gates with the help of Rohan. Basically because they're not fighting a two-front war, where they have to deal with the hosts of Mordor and the Corsairs, they've narrowed it down to a single front, and with the help of Rohan, they're able to win. And so in that case, the ghosts actually fulfill their oath, take care of the curse given to them by a forefather, and are released, and are passed freely to the afterlife, and find rest, finally. And Aragorn releases them to that rest as a son of one of these fathers. And so you see an interesting version of this tale where the forefather issues the curse, but then is unable to complete it. And so the sins of our fathers, it's, it's kind of like the... Uh, it's not exactly the same because the fathers didn't do the unrighteous deed. The, uh, the father is actually the one who gave the curse and the son is the one who takes it away. But still, same kind of story. Um, and it actually has a good ending. It's not like a villainous tale. It's more of a, you guys had a bargain and you didn't keep up your end of it. So we're going to make sure that this goes right. So I think in all these stories, none of the descendants should necessarily be obligated to pay for the sins of the fathers. But I think that in a lot of situations, they feel that it is the morally correct thing to do, right? Or for the greater good. I think it's okay to want to do the right thing, but I don't think anyone should be forced to do that. Right. Like Aragorn, I don't think it was necessarily Aragorn's duty to release those ghosts, but I think he saw it as him doing them a favor. It was definitely a good thing for him to do that. You certainly can't fault Aragorn for it, although he, uh, I wouldn't say he's responsible for their fates, no matter what happens to them. They are the ones who decided not to help the rightful king of Gondor when he needed aid and are cursed for it. So, yeah, good on Aragorn for helping out. Yeah, and I'd say in that situation as well, yeah, they're not owed any favors, you know. No, absolutely not. So... Thanks for joining us on the fifth episode of the Plus One to Intelligence podcast. If you want to reach out and talk to us, we do have a Twitter at Plus One to Intel with two L's at the end and two is the number two. We do have an Instagram, Plus One to Intelligence, two is the number two again, and a Gmail, Plus One to Intel at gmail.com. Intel is I-N-T-E-L, two is the number two. If you'd like to support us, you can do that through Anchor. Um, I believe you can set up donations but like we said before, we're not here for the money. We're here for the content. And we love to have you guys listening in and, and talking to us. So we'll see you guys again next week. Until then, I've been Noah. And I'm Sim. And thanks for listening.